right, we're synced up. Um, I mean, we want to talk about Bone Lab, but first, it's vaguely relevant. Can we talk about the quest, new quest announcement? The, the quest, was it Pro? Uh, the, the Elite? Yeah, I think it's called the Quest Pro. The Gosh, like, I can't remember, and it just got announced. Yeah. Like, the like uh so vive pro version of the quest it's like a i really honestly don't know if that's even the right way to describe it so like for anyone who doesn't know uh quest pro got announced and if it's if like that's the title of it because i can't even remember it's a 1500 dollar mixed reality headset more so than a vr headset like like the quest is I, th- I think it's vr but it has better cameras so it can do pass through ar mixed you know mixed reality stuff but like now, i still think it can do the vr stuff it can still do the VR stuff for sure, but it is mostly marketed, at least in the presentation, it was mostly marketed as a business or a corporate-focused headset, Yeah, um, which I imagine I... the Vive Cosmos was trying to do, right? Like, didn't well, that sort of kill their thing when everybody was expecting them to do a game showcase around E3 and they were just like, business, business, workspaces, business... Yeah, that's why I called back to the Vive Pro because I mean that's that's pretty much what that was. It was is it was like, oh, the the people that are buying the, these headsets from us are largely these companies. We're not actually we don't have a huge consumer sector in the market. So like they, you know, brought out this more expensive headset and suddenly all the high the consumers that are really enthusiasts are like, "Oh, but what's so expensive?" cuz like they think they're supposed to buy it when it's not meant for them. It's really catering to these companies that have millions of dollars to throw at stuff. So, I mean, it's the same sort of business move. But then you fucking see these articles where it's like, oh, the new Quest headset is $1,500 and they want VR to be accessible? This doesn't make any sense. And it's like, shut the fuck up. Now, I definitely understand... A lot of pushback and or ridicule from like the consumer base thinking like $1,500 for this headset. And most importantly, the battery life is only like an hour. What are you <laughs> talking about? Like that, that is, uh, it's a lot. And I think that for me kind of really solidifies it as more of a corporate thing. Like, I don't know who all is going to be buying this. Like, I don't know if Intel is suddenly looking at this like, oh, yeah, okay, all of our chip designers are going to be in VR talking to each other. But it definitely feels like a, uh, what is it, like how you buy Windows Enterprise to just cover Mm -hmm. like 80 people at your workplace. It seems like this is a headset for big contract money. And, you know, in in terms of keeping meta afloat, like they are already sinking and losing like a fair amount of money by continuing this, like to, to continue trying to be the forefront of VR development. Like they're trying to make fetch happen until it actually happens. (laughs) I, I think, I think virtual reality will absolutely become more and more of a bigger thing. Uh, you know, if, if I could compare it to maybe like 
20, 30 years ago when people were like, oh, why do you want to put this radioactive brick in your pocket or keep it next to your head, referring to cell phones? And now people literally like live and die by the world on their cell phone and what apps it has and stuff like that. Like this is what we do all the time. I think Meta kind of or at least Zuckerberg, I think he sees that as a as a similar scenario where it's like, oh, okay, yeah, make fun of my cool futury device now, but I'm telling you, you're gonna, you're gonna wish you like were with me because it's gonna, it's gonna blow up sooner or later. That's definitely what he wants to happen. Yeah. And sort of me too, but mostly from the side of the games. <laughs> like yeah. I just really want awesome games and stuff. I don't necessarily want to be doing all my working and living. Like, like I don't want my, my only form of socializing to be like, yo, Matt, let's go on VR chat or, you know, <laughs> Horizon Worlds and, you know, do this. Um, more so, let's play mini golf and like do other cool games. I, I don't know how much yeah. I've changed my tune on this, but like, I don't think VR is going to totally replace standard pancake gaming. Um, yeah. And I certainly, I mean, personally, I don't think with the current direction that we're going to all be walking around with shit strapped to our face and that's how we're going to live our lives in the same way that we walk around with, you know, a brick in our pocket and that's how we live our lives. But I mean, I could be wrong. I, I have been wrong a lot in the past, but uh, I don't know, dude, meta, I just, meta just doesn't do shit correctly ever. It really does feel like a strange move, um, but I don't think the Quest 2 came out that long ago either. Uh, it's it's odd. Um, something that I think Zuckerberg said during the presentation, uh, I'm thinking as a, like, what is it? Uh, a not a preamble, but a like before you get to typing your crazy comments about the price and all this stuff. Um, like he said, like this, this headsets technology will like trickle down to the other headsets, like in the future, which like, yeah, I think, you know, that makes sense. Like similar with video games. Once you build the tech stack and you have the mechanics in there, right? You want to, you want to move them to the next game or whatever other projects can apply them. So maybe the eyeball tracking and whatever else we see with, um, the Quest Pro, we see that turn into parts of the Quest 3, if that's what they end up calling it. I do think Quest Pro is a bad name and it's mostly I'm saying it's a bad name because like you got to like look at the rest of the market, which I'm just going to say is like the video games market, like the PS4 Pro, like Xbox Pro or Series X or whatever, like Pro is typically kind of like here's the like mid generation leap or uh here's like a sl here's like a somewhat better model but still the same model as like the first thing the quest pro to me reads like a different headset like yeah, it, it should it, be re called it like reads enterprise or something yeah if it was the quest enterprise i think that would be perfect honestly it like fully encapsulates like who the intended user is quest pro like you could make a, a argument to say like oh pro for professional meaning like only corpos are going to be using this but, but i don't think really that's a very mean. good argument yeah it's not really the what that means in the market right now although it's funny you know quest and enterprise are sort of synonymous 
Like they're both things that you embark upon in order to do a thing. Right? <laughs> so yeah. maybe it should be called the the meta enterprise. It's not as cool as meta. Well, meta quest is dog shit. Oculus quest <laughs> sounded cool. I, I don't want to talk about this for too long, but I oh I do want to call out that this mm-hmm. was the we we talked about the, like the leaked camera cameras embedded on the controllers thing a while back, and this is what that was. And I I think. There's a lot of cool technology in the headset, you know, outside of like anything else that we're talking about. I, yeah, you're right that there's like all this cool stuff that is going to trickle down. And, and I think it's the right move technologically in terms of what's being advanced. Yeah. The last thing I'll say on the Quest Pro is just I don't recommend anybody who wants to like play VR games and just do like VR gaming I don't recommend this product for you. And additionally, I don't recommend you get worked up over it because this doesn't mean that like Meta is not working on a more consumer friendly priced headset to keep giving you like games and stuff. I mean, it's very clear that they're not going to be stopping on this VR track, but yeah, yeah, I just don't see any reason to say, oh, this is not a headset specifically for me ah, and, they've, and they've get pissed off. These, like, let uh, some time pass. Let a couple months pass. Let a year pass. Who knows? Like, some something good will come to those who wait. And we don't have to wait a long time, honestly, because the quest life cycle, you know, is like way shorter than, say, like a PlayStation 4 or an Xbox. Yeah, they've been selling these headsets to you at like a huge discount. Like they've been losing money on every headset that they've been selling thus far. Let them make a little money back so they can keep doing that. And at breakneck speed, honestly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they could maybe slow down a little bit. That that might help. All right, you want to talk about Bone Lab? Uh-oh, back to the lab again. Oh, no, back to the lab again. We got bones back to the Stress lab again. level zero, man. It's an interesting studio. We had a lot to say about Boneworks, and uh, now Boneworks we're back to say my about... fucking gears. We so, are back to talk yeah. about Bone Lab. Bone Lab, which is only on the Quest, right? Oh, is, is that it? the case? No, no, I, I don't just, think so. Oh, I thought it was multi-platform. In yeah, let's double, let's double back. Just really did our research. Okay, no, it's it's multi-platform. But okay, I, I mean, to be fair, like if you're making a VR game right now, you are making it for the Quest. Yeah, that's just like what it is because that's where people buy your buy the game. It's the largest portion yeah, of the market. Huge yeah. portion. So, and I mean, clearly the game has been optimized and and art optimized and physics optimized everything the game for the quest. looks and runs good on my quest too um i oh my goodness i don't want to get too sidetracked but just like visually uh there are these like little like holographic cards that are around the, the Dude, game what world the fuck are those are those just like I don't know. I think they're like maybe some sort of Easter egg or collectible, but like I love the shader balls. on it. And I like, I just, dude, man, that, the game looks good, dude. The game looks good on Quest 2. It's pretty sweet to be able to finally play like one of these bone games without a bunch of cords around me. Cause you know, like you had to use AirPlay or, you know, Quest Link like cable in order to play Bone Works, but now having the full freedom to just spin my body around like has resulted in just a much better player experience for me 
Like I'm doing yeah. some crazy like matrix shit, jumping, jumping up and they've ramped up. Oh, man, I f- sorry. Hang on. I feel like I'm kind of going all over the place. Well, can we? So, I mean, you mentioned the, the collectible cards that have yeah. like the developers on them. And I mentioned like the Pokeball weird uh, collectible items oh, with the holograms in them. From the, from the previous game. Yeah, they made the, they streamlined those. Now can you we, don't have to haul them around in a trash can and take them to an incinerator. Like you can just stretch them apart and it unlocks, which the, the tutorial did not explain that, well. And it, did, it did not explain that at all. So I was like, do I just have to grab these and they show up in a menu somewhere I don't know about? So now I just fuck. Okay, anyways. Yes, I will say, actually, you know, starting from the top, the two things I'll say, starting from the top with my Bone Lab experience, as a brown man that grew up in America, the <laughs> black screen with a noose to start the yeah. game, very um, off-putting. Uh, <laughs> and, like, yeah. I get that they were doing a fantasy thing, but, like, Stress Dude, level I mean, zero, like you've sequence, got but... you've got some like fucking balls on you for uh, just throwing us in a void with a noose, dude. I mean, they're a um, bunch of white nerds, so you know, man. And uh, the second thing, <laughs> uh, besides the the noose thing, uh, is just the tutorials. Just were not that good. Like I, yeah. I can't even say if they were better than Bone Works because I don't. Well, I feel like they, they were, were either short. on par or like not really there. I'll fucking I'll fucking give this to them. It was short. Where you know, versus Boneworks where there's a whole ass tutorial level where you're going through tutorial museum and it's super boring and just yes. like give me the game. This like streamlined it and I appreciated that. Yeah, I had a couple notes about, you know, things that were not as clear as they could be, but like overall, honestly, I I usually bitch about the you know okay like this whole type of game right the like physics sandbox like you your body is physicalized it's not super well tuned anywhere like I would normally complain a lot about this and I do have a lot of complaining notes but like it's not the worst thing that's happened it's definitely better. I would say than Boneworks in every way. Oh yeah, I think as an overall package, this is better. There are some things communication-wise that are not as good, um, and we'll get to that in a bit. Cough, cough, story mode, cough, cough. But I think the kind of biggest takeaway from my experience uh, playing through the game is just like the streamlining. Of, of it. I think the biggest thing they learned was like how to better streamline a lot of the elements of their game yeah. um, and just learning from some of the pain points of previous games. Like I'm kind of surprised that it wasn't just an update to bone works to uh, be able to stretch the, the egg capsule collectibles. They yeah. like they waited a full game to fix that, which was which is like, all right. I mean, I'm definitely not going back to play Boneworks like ever. I would much prefer Bone Lab. Yeah. Now I don't. So yeah, I don't think this was a thing in Boneworks. But the way that the ammo works in this game, where you, the ammo isn't consumed out of your inventory until you put it into the gun. Did you Did you catch that? Oh no, I didn't. Too so much like, action going on for me to notice. Yeah, because like I well, I mean, so the grabbing zones were not tuned exactly to how i would have intuitively done it so i would Mm -hmm. keep pulling out magazines when i meant to pull out a pistol 
and I drop the magazines on the ground and I'm like, damn, I want to like pick that back up and put it back into my inventory, but I can't. Yeah. And I finally figured out like, oh, it doesn't just, you could pull infinite magazines out of your inventory. I'm pretty sure. And it doesn't decrease the number until you actually insert it into a gun, which oh, is like okay. weird and counterintuitive, but also streamlines the whole thing where it's like, you don't have to care about accidentally dropping magazines on the ground. So it's yeah, like it's, halfway there. Yeah, it's one of those things that is good for gameplay. If anything, it actually makes the overall experience feel more cohesive, even though there's like a little bit of that logical like disharmony in there, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and there were some other things like that, I think. Uh, not that they were like, oh, this doesn't really make sense, but it feels good. Um, I, I mean, maybe there was like one instance where I was doing the like uh, medieval obstacle course level and w one pathway was just like a very thin rope like across two rocks. And I somehow managed to like ninja run across <laughs> the, the entire length of it without falling. Like, I know that didn't make any damn sense, but boy was my heart racing and like <laughs> i was cheering by the time i got to the other side of that rock because it just happened to work um one thing i want to bring up is uh i mean related to the streamlining is the the main hub area like in bone works it was uh more of this like uh warehouse room i guess and you would put in these like lego pieces to load up the uh the story mode or the extra modules like the arena and the sandbox here you know after a quick elevator trip which was kind of funny also this game feels like they don't give a fuck about people with motion uh sickness issues <laughs> no, no. i mean they never do they they never have and they never will that, yeah, and i think that's like necessary with the whole physics sandbox conceit and like i could go on a whole fucking rant about that but i i will not yeah, we'll 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 spare you today, stress level zero. Uh, but the main hub area, right? After we take our falling elevator ride, we crash land into this place, and all the modules are already there. Like great you do sequence, not... by the way. The elevator yeah. sequence, fucking primo. I, I yeah. call that out specifically. But yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, totally fine. Totally fine. Uh. So, like, all the modules are set up, right? They're already there. You don't have to go through parts of story mode. You don't have to, more importantly, scrounge every nook and cranny of these vast VR-scaled levels to find these modules. It's just, hey, arena's already built in, uh, sandbox mode, the mods area's already built in. I didn't even have any mods installed, so I don't think I even played any of that module yeah. um and then i think um they they learned from what players were doing in their previous game uh right there there and i think that turned into the modules so like tack trials right very much the kind of the kill house shooting uh shooting obstacle course type thing that sort of slowly came in updates with Boneworks, but I think, uh, you know, they saw a lot of people who were playing it and uploading their play on, on YouTube and Twitch kind of doing these cool John Wick style mo moments. And then there were people who would be more exploratory and trying to like, 
climb around and things like that. And that that eventually like evolved into, okay, well, here's our hub, our hub world. Let's have like a a zone for the parkour kids. Let's have a zone for the kids who want to just keep punching null bodies in the face after they're dead. Uh, Let's make a a module for like the John Wicks out there, you know, and, and all these things. That That is very cool, but the biggest problem I identify with their hub area that I think is actually worse compared to Bone Works is that the story mode or like the true progression, quote unquote, is hidden it's like very straight up hidden um and it's and it's like not even that it's just a puzzle like that's like the puzzle part that's that's fine i thought that was actually kind of cool but Mm -hmm. you don't know where the puzzle is like i played true lab like three times i think uh maybe three times with like a total time span of let's say like an hour plus Mm -hmm. just just thinking that the game was this hub area because because it's called a fucking bone lab oh yeah it's definitely like, it's supposed that. <laughs> to be an experimental platform i guess so yeah you're and, not even thinking like oh there is some sort of hidden story progression right it, it's everything makes you kind of think that the progression happens in the lab and that is very minimally true i was doing like so many i was doing like a bunch of different courses for all the modules you know i watched some of the youtube uh videos they put out and the one where they're like oh hey the game's done we're gonna release it in six days they're explaining the body swapper all this stuff and you see these character avatars associated with the challenges up on placards on the wall and just in my own gameplay experience, it it made me think that I needed to complete all these levels to unlock the avatar to mm. then swap my body into that avatar. But that wasn't the case. Like I've I played most of I played all the parkour levels. I played a lot of the arena stuff. I played most of the tack trials. And I just hit this wall where like I wasn't getting anything. I wasn't getting anything new for doing any of this really. Like maybe I would unlock mm-hmm. like a uh, something to use in sandbox mode, but I don't care about sandbox mode. Uh, so that's not really like cool to me. And I'm not I'm not able to morph my body, which seems to be like a very. Um, I don't know if it's a key mechanic, but when you talk about like back so back of the box. Um, highlights right like mm-hmm. you go into walmart you pull out a call of duty game uh box and then you look at the back of the box and they're gonna be like oh look at this we got drones now we've got detective vision from batman now like this body swapper that to me seems cool enough to be a back of the box thing and it's hidden behind kind of like several layers within the game uh Can so you explain so, to me what you mean by the body swapper because i thought i knew what you meant and maybe now i don't know what you meant Oh, okay, okay. So when you first start the game and you're in the lab, there is the body mall or the body shop, uh, which is this vending machine. And all you could pick are like peasant bodies. But you notice they have like stats associated with them. They're not all too different. I didn't notice that. (laughs) I was just like, oh, this is where I changed my avatar. Cool. Don't care. Moving on. in In the release video for the game, which I think this is kind of like an additional note of like, they're getting a bit better at streamlining, but they're still pretty poor at communication, oh, yeah. uh, having to go with the tutorials and now hiding the, the story mode puzzle. I mean, um, I have a whole thing I want to talk about there. But yeah. <laughs> the body swapper is this kind of like Beyblade ripcord module that rests on your character's left elbow. 
<coughs> and in order to change into those bodies you see up on the silhouettes in the wall, uh, you would like grab the ripcord, pull a certain distance, and it cycles through different bodies that you have like installed on it. And when you <laughs> let it go, it's kind of Ben 10 style where you just the watch transforms you into a different person. And so those guys, those avatars that are up on the walls associated with the different challenge uh, areas, they are kind of like your your Ben 10 alien squad where like the parkour character has like really high agility. Maybe they have like even better jumping like height compared to other characters. If you unlock the 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 big heavier guy next to the arena module, he's actually like he's fairly tall. He is quite heavy. So I think movement speed is like adjusted in that regard, but um, he's also very strong. So you can like pick up a null body basically by the head, you know, whereas when we're just our normal self, whoever we are now in this game, uh, you know, it's very kind of like, a slap fight, you know, you're just sort of pressing yeah. them around. You you can't inv invoke your will on them. But these characters now, when you do get that body changer on, on your person, which, you know, minor spoiler alert happens, let's say like a third through the story, I'm guessing a third, maybe halfway. Um, you are then able Wait, to like, okay, so you unlock the, the body swapper. Yes. And they didn't explain this. None of this is freaking explained. And I was driving myself mad, like trying to figure out why I wasn't unlocking this thing because I wanted to do the cool back of the box shit they were showing in their YouTube video. But they're like, no, don't worry, guys, we're not going to give you spoilers. And I'm like, well, you don't even tell us that there's a like you don't even show us where fucking story mode is in the game. So like how tight lipped are you guys being? Because this is kind of like becoming an issue. Like the so yeah. so the story thing just because I, I I didn't explain it um there is like a, a your directive when you first get into the bone lab is to uh, operate a crane I think that's mm -hmm. all it says but you don't know where the crane well, controls I, are I don't think they even tell you that I think it's just like you find the crane interface and you're like what the fuck is this I like I fairly distinctly recall you know how there's like a mall map at like the beginning of the lab after you exit the elevator that okay, like yeah. on, on that mall map it tells you what your directive is quote unquote and so at okay. first it says I, like i didn't see that yeah I, I i just was like inspecting everything when i first showed up because like i i literally walked all around it through Dude, the nooks and stuff i and can't do that shit the fucking like let me explore this oversized space in vr it's Not, a lot. It is a lot. Much. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's why like the streamlining here is like a bit better because now the modules are just in the hub area. Like you already have them. You don't have to go and search every nook and cranny in story mode, but they hid the puzzle, the both the controls to the crane and just the puzzle itself. They hid it behind kind of like the main focal area i guess which is like the reflective mirror and the and the body shop mm -hmm. thing and there are these like really dimly lit if lit at all stair stairway behind far behind that spot and like really you're never gonna like go up there unless you're like oh let me do some exploring of this vast space maybe it'll give me something 
And even that, then, you might not connect like what it's doing. I I was just kind of like, really, guys. That that was the one thing that like really annoyed me. See, I, I think just found early that on. naturally during my second session. Didn't wasn't thinking. I like. I literally got to the lab part and was like, oh, this is. They did the tutorial sequence. Now I'm just here. This is the body of the game. I'm gonna taste each of these you know sec six sectors because that's like what the game is is like here's all these different things you can do mm -hmm. and then like on my second play session i like was running around and found myself i was like oh like okay this is a space up here oh there's these controls how do i operate these and then i like figured out i was like oh you you know by doing an activity in a sector, it lights up that area and then you can go and like pull a thing from it with this crane. I thought that was like a really cool incentive to like try each of the things on offer at least once. I was like, oh, yep. this, is, this is kind of neat. This is a little extra like hidden puzzle thing maybe to engage with because that's like very in line with stress level zero and, and their games in general is like all this like hidden, poorly explained stuff for you to explore beyond the initial like oh this is the game right even going back to uh duck season yeah i was just like, gonna oh, bring up like duck season alternate endings or whatever and it's like oh i thought this game was just a shooting game with a shotgun yeah i was just gonna bring up duck season i think i like that approach way more when it comes from like a simpler more contained like horror game mm. if it is being done in like an action adventure for me like let's take tunic for example that's a non-vr game but it's very similarly like not much is explained to you and whatever is getting explained to you is in a like different made-up language and you don't have some sort of like crib sheet to like decode mm -hmm. what is being said at least in those in those instances let's say of like tunic they give you as much as they can to explain what's going on then it's up to you to kind of like piece it together with stress level zero stuff i feel like and more so with like sort of the placement of the story puzzle and stuff like that like it feels sort of like needlessly obfuscated well, uh, see, okay like, that's the key conundrum that i kind of wanted to dig into in this episode is like yeah that's their aesthetic right their aesthetic is a like weird obfuscated uh, easter egg puzzle shit uh and b this sort of like fetishization of half-life dev art aesthetic i don't know how better to explain it the like oh it's totally okay to texture your environments with like gray and orange grids it's like ham hammer editor aesthetic. Yeah, it's like yeah, hammer editor, right? Half Life map editor, and they like dial in on it really hard. And it's interesting because that that sort of Half Life aesthetic, Half Life dev aesthetic, let's just call it that. It yeah. like obscures or like it, it paints over a lot of the rough patches in their design because it's okay that stuff is janky because that's their aesthetic. Their aesthetic is unpolished game and, and that, that's and that's like kind of oh man that feels no, so i mean it, it I, feels, I, I i agree with you but it also feels kind of like too harsh in a way because there are like there there has been like a lot of work like put into certain things oh yeah they have but you're 100 like right there thing is like super yeah so much roughness to many much more of it so the conundrum that i 
I'm sort of losing my mind over is that these games are insanely popular, right? Yeah. I mean, like Bone Lab is topping the charts uh, on Quest. And do people like this or are people playing it for some other reason and they're just getting away with this like weird, rough, uncut dev aesthetic? I'm I just, wondering I don't how many of them are it. actually going to do story mode and how well, what yeah, percentage what of them what percentage of them are going to think the game is just those six challenge modules or whatever. Yeah. Please stress level 0, release your metrics, Le- release your telemetry. I need to know. Yeah, seriously. So like <sighs> Yeah. Can we so like another aspect of that this just weird and confusing is the way that death works in this game oh yeah i you, don't like it. it it doesn't reset the game you respawn back into the level but like some things reset but you, you know, if you're holding a gun you don't keep the gun which that is driving weird. me mad right now it's They're- it's it's baffling there is one specific setup. So we were talking about like the, the Half-Life dev aesthetic, their fetishization of just Half-Life design in general, because mm-hmm. like a lot of their, a lot of their setups, like, uh, when I say setups, I mean like gameplay setups. Like when I walk in, where are the enemies placed? What obstacles are like yeah. being enacted and all that? That's a setup. So a lot of these setups are like, I'm going through them. I'm pretty much killing everybody. And then maybe like 30 seconds after killing the last enemy, I'm realize I'm looking at the environment and I'm like, oh, the designer of this space actually wanted me to like flip a flap up there so that an iron yeah. ball would roll in another direction. Yep. <laughs> Why the fuck am I going to do that, though? Because the iron ball is like 20 meters in front of me which is completely an open space where like these five robots are just going to shoot at me. Why am I going to run to this iron ball to get some sort of like pachinko like kill effect when I could just like stick my arm, only my arm around the corner and like fire back at those guys till they die, which like is me. Ta- it's me taking advantage of my intimate environment, like my immediate surroundings rather than this grandiose like power play that i think they want players to go for so that the player will feel super smart or badass or whatever but every time i see one of those setups it's just like uh no (laughs) actually i'm just gonna brute force this because you're putting me in too much danger and i don't want to do the stupid death thing and lose something um uh, oh gosh man okay so like the one setup that was really pissing me off and I think I was like streaming it for friends. I can't remember. Uh, there's like this long tunnel, uh, with, or rather a long hallway with like two stair, two stairway elevations, something like that. And there is like one or two of those robot cleaner droid guys and two turrets. And there's nothing but like a fucking trash can in front of you. And my guy, I died so many times in this fucking tunnel. And part of that was fun for a bit. 
because I was like, okay, let me try killing you. Pa, 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 pa. Oh, wait, no, you killed me. Oh, what? Seriously? My gun was left in the hallway? Shit. Yeah. What can I do? And then the light bulb pops off in my head and I'm on some full Skyrim shit. I grab <laughs> the lid of the trash can. I crouch my body down as much as I can and I become the the, the tin turtle, essentially. Just, just pushing <laughs> forward slowly and I'm hearing the bullets ricochet off my trash can lid and i get as close as possible i think i even shoved one of the turrets down with the trash can lid when i got up close enough but even then i couldn't get my gun i'm not static shock i'm not captain america i can't throw the trash can lid and kill something so i end up dying and i lose the trash can lid so what do I do next? I try to grab the trash can itself, put it over <laughs> my body, which kind of worked a little bit, but then I was completely blinded and like just trying to walk and not realizing what the fuck's going on. And that all sounds hilarious, and it was hilarious. And it was the point where I died on that attempt where mm-hmm. I expended basically everything. My gun was all the way out there. The trash can lid was all the way out there. Like like you said, it's not resetting the space. It's resetting you and... And the enemies. I think. And, uh, because, I mean, I think like, so. I'm, I think the enemies are reset as well. Yeah. I'm thinking about like the sweet-ass Matrix chase scene uh, thing they have. I forget it, what module Oh, the parkour level? Uh, yeah, my I think, I think that might be handled differently, honestly. No, well, because you like you're given two guns or whatever in the beginning, yeah. and like if you pull the gun out of the holster to shoot an enemy, and then you die while you're holding the gun, you respawn at a checkpoint, but you don't have the gun; it's on the ground wherever. Yeah, and all the enemies respawn, so the enemies you killed with the gun that you no longer have are back, and so you basically can't make it through the level without losing both of your guns, and then you're just like, well okay i guess now i'm just trying to like cheese it past these enemies it's like yeah and and same thing it's like oh i accidentally tipped over this scaffolding and it fell into a bottomless pit oh my god and the pathway is fucked the rest of the time yeah and it's like this can't be the intention yes yeah that's exactly what i was gonna ask like is this a bug or was this by design and if I it was by design, fucking fix it, please. Yeah. If it's by thoughtlessness, like you're going to I hope a lot more players will like complain about specifically those little things, because like in general, the setup, I think, should reset. At the very, at the very least, that's what happens with, um, like mainstream, let's say like AAA and like just fucking a whole lot of other like game design. It's like you try to, you try to tackle the obstacle, right? Mario jumps over the Goomba, tries to get across a pit. Oh, he dies in a pit. Sweet. Let's bring you back, put the Goomba back in his starting zone. The, the, the gap is still where the gap is. And then Mario can kick it off all over again. There's a reason no one does it this way. You either let the player respawn into a space a la bioshock and any enemies that you've killed stay dead right but maybe you lose some resources and and the environments changed a little bit or you reset everything because landing in the middle like this is a terrible player experience like it just no good comes out of it your player should never get to a point where they literally have no tools 
to yeah. f- to help them with the obstacle or to fight the setup which is exactly what happened to me i really don't even know how i fucking how i passed quit, it maybe <laughs> i i i either i either quit and came back another time or i like ran as fast as i could up to like the first like barrier concrete barrier and basically i just did like a pikachu quick attack like just just <laughs> moved really quickly with my body and then like fucking grabbed that damn turret by its handle and maybe i smacked the other turret with it those moments also feel cool but like it doesn't it doesn't over it doesn't tip the scales in the like oh i'm having fun again it's 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 more now like i am kind of having fun thank goodness i'm done with that fucking part (laughs) which like you don't want players to be saying about your game and there's like a couple of parts i do want to make a, a quick comparison uh just while we're talking about this you know bizarre reset yeah thing is like when boneworks first came out there just weren't checkpoints. no checkpoints i was expecting to see the manual handhold checkpoints in this game and they weren't there which made me very worried if there were checkpoints at all but thankfully they like streamlined that too yeah they like sort of have checkpoints but in this shitty way so i mean it's just to me it's the same thing where it's like these are developers that can release a game and not even understand that people might want checkpoints in their long ass levels because oh when i play it it takes me 15 minutes to get through this first level when everyone else is taking like 90 minutes on the first try and some people don't want to play for 90 minutes even if it takes you 15 minutes bro like you gotta be popping fucking checkpoints like like you just like uh it's it, it is easy for us as developers to kind of like like slip out of the mindset of the player Mm -hmm. but like that's what makes it an all all more important skill to have is like oh i can clear this level in 15 minutes then i should probably put in a checkpoint every five minutes because if i die and i lose five minutes of vr progress me lifting my fucking arms doing crazy gestures maybe like pump in to run or whatever like I am going to be more upset and more likely to say screw it and take off the headset than I would be if I was just playing like God of War or something on my controller where now it's just, oh, okay, my thumb is a little tired from doing this button press over and over again, but at least like I'm not further back than like two minutes from where I started, which even two minutes I think is like a lot. Yeah. I have... I have a whole thing that I could get into if you want to about why people play these games. Yeah, I think we should. Yeah. So, right. It's this like conundrum of why are people playing this game? Why is this game popular? Because it is very popular, but also it has all these bizarre rough edges and, and like what's up with that. Right. I mean, we've gone back and forth on sandbox sandbox physics and like how it's not necessarily intuitive or immersive right because it's like oh i i can't aim my gun because the butt of the gun is running into my body which like is totally counterintuitive it's like well in real life i would be able to feel it against my body and maneuver my hands just so that the gun goes up and i can look down the sights but in this game that's not the case you got to fiddle with it you got to know what's going on with your virtual body you got to push up on the thumbstick to raise your legs when you're mantling over a thing, which doesn't make any sense. That's not 
style climbing works guys have you ever used a jungle gym anyways so like with all this i was thinking about it. i was like why do people play this game and i thought about the research that has been done on player motivation and one of the most you know so there's all these theories about like why do people play games and you want know, to talk about like bartle types and all this shit but the most data backed uh study that i've seen breaks it down into six categories which is like action socialization uh achievement so like you know top of the leaderboard mastery which is like getting really good at something there's immersion which is you know getting getting immersed into a thing uh losing yourself in it and then creativity which is expressing yourself and so these are like the six reasons why people play games um and they actually combine into super categories that align with big five personality characteristics which makes it very compelling to me but so you know when people talk about the like physics sandbox stuff in on the internet and whatnot i feel like a lot of the conversation revolves around like oh it's so immersive like i can do whatever it's you know like this quote-unquote like realistic world where like you know, yeah, I can put the trash can over my body and use it to block bullets. And, and like the nature of the sandbox allows that. But I was thinking, I actually think the main driver here is mastery. I don't think it it's at all about immersion or, or realism, um, or even necessarily like action, right? It's like, you're not there for the gunplay maybe some people are but i think the the main reason that people find enjoyment in this game is because it is difficult to do things at the start the sandbox is not easy to use but once you master it once you get good at it you can do crazy shit and i think the joy comes from being able to manipulate this weird and unintuitive physics sandbox and like your your body where climbing is super springy and you have limited strength on your arms and it just doesn't exactly align with how you would expect this vr world to work but like it has its own strong rules that are internally consistent and once you figure that out you can do all this cool john wick parkour stuff and show it off to people so that's that's my theory about why bone lab and bone works is so popular despite being janky half-life dev ass unpolished shit yeah i definitely think the the cool clips or the look what i'm able to do after like 200 hours of playing this game which gosh in vr that sounds like so much time (laughs) (laughs) um like that certainly works as like better marketing material than their whatever stress level zero normally does i think it's is it node is their youtube channel Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah so like those upload videos are are cool if you're like us and sort of want to see you know how they're making the sausage or get like a little glimpse into that um but for normal just let me load the game and play it and be a cool guy i think they want to see more trailers with those cool those cool moments um but it should always come with an asterisk (laughs) like i don't know like that stuff should be kind of easier to do to execute in the game like you shouldn't have to 
dedicate so much time in that game world to pull off like a lot of fun, exciting stuff. Um, like, like I'll say in my experience with the story so far, um, and I've made it through like several levels. Like I think, I think the body swapper point is, is maybe like one or two levels after the big minecart sequence. Um, Oh, that, I, oh, I'm, I'm I'm not that far in the game, by the way. So you are talking absolute gibberish to me. Oh, okay. I definitely want to talk about the minecart sequence, but uh, I don't want to spoil it for you. Um, I got I got as far as like I did the crane puzzle and then like wandered through the tunnel, got to yeah. this giant space where there is nothing, no clear. The big pool. It's like, oh, I, yeah, it's like oh, I'm supposed to like flush this somehow i don't know there's a diagram talking about like a crane but like there is no crane there's no controls anywhere i don't know and then like i was tired and i quit yep um yep i definitely understand where you're coming from with that that space uh it was like earlier okay so that i mean that's that is basically the start of story <laughs> mode which i will admit I, I, it felt very cool getting in the story mode in this game when it did actually open up. I, oh, I was I, excited. It just didn't keep me. Yeah, it, absolutely. It totally it's, threw away the. I walked rush around that, that entire fucking pool. Yeah. Because I was like, I was like, I do not want to miss a, a potentially easy collectible. Uh, and I, I, I just want to make sure there's nothing hidden in the corners. The whole large space. Yep, I walked the whole large space, climbed to the top of the diving pool and all that shit. Mm -hmm. I tried opening the cork with my hands, and that's another yep. thing. Going back to the puzzle elements and the and just uh, like not really explaining shit. Um, <laughs> when I since I did the parkour module first, I saw the glowy orb, and I was like, "Well, I know that's a box I can open because it has like the same setup as it does from Boneworks." So I parkoured up the mo up the like little section of skyscraper that the module is like housed in, and I fit manually opened the box and tried grabbing the orb myself, <laughs> and it was too big for me to carry. Uh, and another kind of nice touch that was a little bit confusing to me, but I ultimately got the point was like, you take damage if you're like close to that, if you're exposed to that thing, there's like radiation coming off of it. You don't get some sort of Geiger counter effect, but you see like your vision redding out and stuff. Like if you try touching it or standing really close to it while the lid is open. So that was like my, like failed, my failed attempt at understanding that the puzzle initially the 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 pool basically like you're supposed to be going into that building you will miss like a collectible if you don't go to the diving board or some something like that but like the focal point is that building in there and it kind of like you you figure it out uh if if you go in there i i think it's it's a little more straightforward uh but the the easing into story mode i think felt really cool i was like it, it it was a big like um a big sense of curiosity was just driving me the entire time and that was very powerful like i definitely became less and less focused on like exploring every like nook and cranny as i got further into the story mode because the pool and the bone lab itself kind of burned me on my exploration energy but this the the sense of like whoa like 
I gotta like, do I have to be on guard? Like what exactly is going to come up next? Cause like the hub area of the lab was like so safe. And now these big quarantine doors open and I'm taking yeah. this cool diagonal elevator up. And yep. I think, I think actually one of the, the VR head crabs like had been, had showed up. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, so that definitely kept me really on edge for the rest of my, uh, journey that night. Um, but I think it is, I think it is cool how they kind of like, how they sort of let you ease into story mode and or like pick when you want to go out and do that stuff. It's just unfortunate that like the most, I imagine the most fun part of the game is locked behind actually getting some good progress in the story mode, which mm. then the story mode itself is locked behind a puzzle. And that puzzle is kind of put in a weird, inconvenient location. Um, but hey, the and, and the most fun popular. part is the body is the body swapper. So like that that's what I'm saying. It's like let people get the body swapper just by doing like the fucking bone lab stuff. That way those players that don't realize how to unlock the story mode door, they still have like a good fun time and get to experience what like a lot of other people get to experience. I mean, I think people are having a good time regardless. Which is just it's kind of weird though, on, right? Man. It's like you it's buy like... you buy your kid a new TV and then they play with the fucking box for the TV rather than watching a movie on it. Like yeah. that's it's what like, it, hey, that's what it reads fun. like to me. That like yeah, yeah they're having that, fun, but they're not having fun the right way. <laughs> you're not having fun the right way. Is basically yeah, that's that's the most designer thing I can say. <laughs> like you're not having fun the way I want you to. Yeah, so I just to wrap this up, I guess, like what I'll say about Bone Lab is I've I appreciate the good ideas. Like I'm I see you. There's a lot of cool stuff in there. They're they made some progress in some areas. I think it's very hindered by the rough edges and the just there's a lot that still needs to be fixed, I guess. Like there's there's good ideas there's bad elements that really take away from the good ideas and really at the end of the day i'm still not sold on the idea that a physics sandbox and a physicalized body is really the best way to engage with a vr world but some people like it maybe exactly for that reason so i'll be i guess i'll be interested to see what happens with this and and if this ends up being like a mark on the like VR design history and, and influences stuff to keep going in the sort of physicalized sandbox direction. I don't know. What, what are your thoughts? My overall thoughts on bone lab is that I'm having a mostly fun time with it and I want to play it more. I think even way more so than bone works enough is streamlined enough is playing smoothly and there's enough like intrigue slash like fun setups or things that you notice that i want to i want to push further i want to beat the game i want to like get the body swapper and the new bodies for it so with that i believe that bone lab foundationally has gone leagues above boneworks and if anything, Bone Lab is probably that like that sweet spot currently for newer players to jump into it and have a good time without all 
the much bigger issues that we discussed when talking about bone works in a earlier episode. This one's very fun. There are some edges that maybe should get smoothed out, but I think it is worth its money. Currently people should play it. Like I, I think people should play it just for the sake of like, Hey, experience this kind of like more physics driven thing. They really pushed it all the way and, you know, see how you like it for yourself. It's kind of of the same way I would recommend play until you fall, because this is very authored. Everything is like done intentionally and, you know, you're able to click with it. So like, I'm definitely not hating on this as much as I took issue with bone works. I think there's enough going on here and just new new surprise things that kind of keep popping out every now and then that just drive you to want to do more and especially with the modules already being present i think it more so than a physics sandbox becomes like a gameplay sandbox for users who don the headset 